Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's the best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. Follow my thoughts, my meanderings, my life on Twitter at Dan Day Radio. On the way. Your sports life is going to get a lot brighter because it's going to play back the Joe Rose Show's interview with NFL recruiting expert Jordan Reed. Also, the Dan Levitard Show getting serious, not so serious about Odell Beckham Jr. Then Hawk and Crowder, always very serious. Gummy bears and all. Plus, they talk about Demi Lovato, and you know that gets me excited whenever anyone talks about hot messes like Demi Lovato. Let's get into some hot mess headlines right now. Well, We'll step into the day spot in a second. These are serious enough headlines. Behind Kendrick Nunn's 33 points, the Heat moved to 18-1 at home, defeating the Spurs 106-100. The Dolphins have hired longtime coach Steve Marshall to oversee the O-line and Michigan linebackers coach Anthony Campanile. The Panthers play at home tonight against the Kings. Puck drops at 7. Listen to it here on 560 The Joe. Tough day for former LSU standout receiver Odell Beckham Jr. Controversy following two incidents during the national championship post-game celebration. One, Joe Burrow confirms that the money OBJ was handing out to the Tiger players was real and could be an NCAA violation. And now Beckham faces criminal charges after tapping a police officer on the rear end in the LSU locker room. Behind a strong second half, NC State down the Canes 80-63. Miami next plays Saturday, 1 p.m. against Florida State at the Watsco Center. Demi Lovato will sing the national anthem at the Super Bowl February 2nd. The conference finals are Sunday with the Titans and the Chiefs doing battle at 3 and the Packers and 49ers duel at 640. The Marlins have acquired Yankees reliever Stephen Tarpley. The left-hander had a 1-0 record plus two saves in 21 appearances last season. Inter-Miami CF will open training camp in Fort Lauderdale Monday. The team's first home game is March 14th versus the LA Galaxy. And now, let's take a step into the day spa. (sighs) A lime green German Shepherd puppy was recently birthed in North Carolina. I mean, I've heard of certain Gatorade flavors coloring your poop, but this is ridiculous. In New Zealand, a family was having its fish food burglarized. Eventually, a security camera revealed the cat burglar was a cat. Gotta stop him now because today it may just be fish food, but tomorrow he'll be breaking into your safe. A team of bakers in India have broken the record for the world's longest cake with it measuring over three miles long. Get in my belly! Mexico City subway officials are blaming human urine for a recent wave of escalator malfunctions. Apparently, people are relieving themselves on the escalators at low traffic times, and it's ruining the gears. I think the real problem here is lack of sufficient amount of public bathrooms. After receiving pressure from his peers, a West Point cadet has canceled a GoFundMe page attempting to raise money for a date with adult star Diamond Fox. Oh wait, so do I get my money back that I donated? 
And happy birthday to Kate Moss. Ooh, another beautiful hot mess. Now on to weather brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast calls for showers with temperatures in the low 70s. For the best poker promotions in South Florida, visit Hylia Park Poker Room. Come win your share, $350,000 in monthly high-hand giveaways. That's more than $10,000 today in high hands. Why play anywhere else? Visit HyliaPark.com for details. This morning, the Joe Rose Show, minus Joe Rose, but no worries. Zach Krantz was there with my man, Omar Kelly. We work out at the same gym. That's why I can say, my man. They were talking to NFL I call him recruiting expert because he knows all about the draft and maybe where some people may be falling. Like, should we talk about Tua? Should we take Tua? Hmm, Joe Burrow, is he maybe not number one? Or what is he really worth? If not Tua, then who should the Dolphins pick? Also, what quarterbacks need to do to improve their stock at the upcoming Senior Bowl and his top five Senior Bowl watch list. And talk to senior NFL draft analyst for the Draft Network, Jordan Reed. I brought him on here once before. Jordan, thank you for the time this morning. Omar Kelly and Zach Grant, how you doing? Great, man. Thank you guys for having me once again. Jordan, it was great having you on. We're big draft people down here. We love talking about it. Of course, when you have a team that did not have a great season, and I think the last time I talked to you, I don't even think the Dolphins had their first win yet, or maybe have just had one, and we were talking about the number one overall pick. Dolphins not there anymore. So, of course, the talk of the town down here is about Tua. Health of Tua, drafting Tua at five overall. What's your overall? or what's your kind of early assessment right now on Tua and possibly at that fifth pick to the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, and he's a really interesting case just because you talk about a guy that really lit up the record books at Alabama. Successful player, everything that he's done there, everything he pretty much has touched is really turned into gold. But the first thing that's always going to turn or be mentioned about Tua is his durability. He's already had surgery on both ankles, and we know about the hip situation that's going on with him right now. Now, a report came out yesterday saying that he was actually going to have a throwing session in April a couple weeks prior to to the draft so we'll see what happens with that situation but just some of the things that he brings to the table as far as accuracy decision making and leadership I think those are the three biggest traits that he brings to the table but it all circles or revolves around his durability and if he's able to stay healthy but just getting a gauge on everything right now I still think a top five pick is probably where he's going to end up going. We'll see if a team does end up trading to that third spot with Detroit, if they can get a haul of picks for that selection to for, uh, to trade off to another team to acquire Tua, or if the Dolphins are able to stay pat and get him at five. But I think his floor definitely is five, but his ceiling is at the third overall. Floor pick. at five? Wow. You have wow. floor at five, wow. Jordan. Yeah. I do. I do. I think he still goes top five, guys. Met durability, health-wise, floor five. Absolutely. Let me ask you about Joe Burrow. I'm looking at your, your position rankings, and you actually have Joe Burrow number three. I'm not a colossally huge Joe Burrow fan, but the numbers, the production, the winning, the moxie has to make him the top-rated player in this draft. Why would you say that Chase Young and Jeffrey Okada, I don't know if I said his name, the cornerback from Ohio State, why would you say they're better-rated prospects than him? So when I'm doing my rankings, the way I like to rank players is that who could you see being the best player at their position when they translate to the NFL? I can see that with Chase Young. I think he's going to be an instant impact type of player. And I also could see that with Jeffrey Okuda. I think he's going to be one of the better young cornerbacks in the NFL as soon as he hears his name called on draft night. I think the world of him, for both of those guys, I think they're probably going to be the two best or two first defensive players selected in this draft. Uh, with Joe Burrow, just some of the things that you're getting with him. He's what I like to call, uh, he's, a, he's like a golfer that he can 
go in his bag and he can really get any club that he wants to win. He can get the driver and he can throw the ball downfield, even though he doesn't have really great or overly strong arm strength. He also can use a sandwich to get himself out of trouble, just the way he's able to navigate within the pocket and get himself out of trouble. And he can also put it on the green and he can get it to these guys successfully in the short to intermediate area. So he can get in his bag and he can reach out and get any club that he wants. But we haven't seen a season from a quarterback like we just saw from Joe Burrow. And it's it's crazy to say just because going into the year, I had him graded as a fourth or fifth round prospect just because he really had a strong, uh, he really had a strong stretch of play down the back stretch last year, even in the bowl game against UCF. But if you go back and watch the UCF game, he threw a pick six in that game and he took a crushing blindside hit. But after that moment, it really seemed like a switch was really flipped with him. And he was, he was just like a cheat code this year. He just could not be stopped. And then everybody was saying that maybe he's going to have a down game, or he's going to have a setback, but he just never had it this year. And I said it during the national championship game, the Bengals, he can go ahead and start looking for real estate or houses in Cincinnati just because he's going to be the number one overall pick. Would you offer up three first round picks if you were Miami to try to get Joe Burrow? I would not. I think Miami needs to stay pat just because I know quarterback is of significant importance, but just comparing Burrow and Tua, and let's, I know it's kind of cliche just to take the durability standpoint out of Tua, but if you take the durability from Tua, I think they're neck and neck as far as what they could be, and I think Tua probably would be the better prospect. Uh, as far as upside, but I think with the durability situation, of course, too, is going to be knocked a little bit. So uh, if, it, if push comes to shove, if I could guarantee both of them stay healthy for 10 to 12 years in the NFL, I think Tua is going to end up being the better player. Let's just say, obviously, at this point, Joe Burrow hypothetically does go number one, and Tua does, somebody does leapfrog the Dolphins to get that Detroit pick at number three and takes Tua at number three. Now the Dolphins are sitting at five. Best available at that point, knowing what they need, and they need a lot, offensive line, edge rusher, basically a lot of positions where they could fill a need right away. What do you think the best bet at five would be with both quarterbacks kind of off the board? Do you go in quarterback there or do you go somewhere else, maybe offensive line or edge rusher? I think five is a little bit rich for me to take Justin Herbert. I think he's probably going to end up being a top 10 pick, but I probably would be uncomfortable taking him there just because he really hasn't made the strides that you would like to see, especially from a four-year starter and then a guy that went back for his senior season. He just didn't make the jump or the leap that we were that we were expecting to see. So I think it comes down to uh, offensive tackle or edge rusher. I don't really see an edge rusher outside of Chase Young that's worthy of a top 10 selection in this class. So it really comes down to one of the offensive tackles. But you also could go to Isaiah Simmons the linebacker from Clemson. Now, the thing that you have to remember about Isaiah Simmons is that he's a positionless prospect, but you have to have a creative defensive coordinator in order to utilize his skill set. And landing spot is going to be so crucial to his career just because we've seen guys in years past, Taylor Mays, Obi Melifonwu, Mark Barron, guys that just bounced around the league and they just weren't able to find that that really that match of that chemistry with the creative defensive coordinator. So you really never saw their value, their value and they ended up flaming out. And that's something that could happen to Isaiah Simmons if you don't utilize him properly. Now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, the Dolphins could also go offensive tackle here. Uh, if the Giants pass on taking a tackle, you're going to have your pick of the litter from Tristan Wirfs to Jedrick Wills and also Andrew Thomas. And I think any of those guys will be worthy of that fifth selection. I want to ask you about CeeDee Lamb and, and Henry Ruggs. Where would you go there in terms of your ranking of, of those two prospects? prospects and and who would you make the comparison to them so they're back to back for me i have cd as my second overall receiver and there's already been some buzz that he could be the first wide receiver taken off the board he puts you in the mind of deandre hop he's not as polished as what d hop was coming out but from a catch standpoint and then an explosiveness standpoint and a route running standpoint
standpoint, I think they are very similar. And I just love what he brings to the table. And I love how he stepped in right away after Hollywood Brown exited that Oklahoma offense. And he stepped into that number one wide receiver role. And he took it head on. He had a career year in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. And he just took over that role really well. And something that you love about CeeDee Lamb is that he's an inaccuracy eraser. So if you have a quarterback that, that really doesn't have really great accuracy, he's a guy that can he casts a wide net when, when he's at the catch point. That's something that I really love about him. Now, with Henry Ruggs, he's a guy that puts you in the mind frame of a Tyreek Hill on the field. I just love what he brings brings to the field from an explosiveness factor. And he's not just a speed demon. That's really something that's out there about him that's completely untrue. He can dominate in the short to intermediate areas, even though I think his route, he could be a little bit stronger on his route stems. And that's something that will come with time. But a guy that can take the top off the defense, he definitely can bring that to the table. Now, I'm, I'm headed up to the Senior Bowl next week. I'm, you'll be there as well. I personally believe that you cannot evaluate a quarterback properly without seeing them throw in person. What can Justin Herbert and Jordan Love do at the Senior Bowl to lock up being a top 10 selection? Give me the vision that you have that they need to do this to be in the t- top 10. So I'll start with Love. And the thing about Love is that we really have to figure out exactly who he is. 2018 versus 2019, it was two different persons. With Love, 2018, he threw 32 touchdowns to six interceptions. His decision-making was stellar. His arm strength was clearly evident. But then you turn on the film from last season, and he just didn't look comfortable. 20 touchdowns to 17 interceptions. Really struggled with seeing underneath coverage, and that's something that is really alarming about a quarterback. So you have to find out exactly what was going on there. And I know they lost their head coach prior to this year. Uh, Matt Wells ended up going to Texas Tech. So maybe it was just a scheme thing that he really didn't feel comfortable with. So in a controlled setting for him, I think he can be a big winner of the week. And you just want to see him stay afloat and make those decide. You just want him to, you want him to be really decisive. Don't just make these boneheaded mistakes that we saw in 2019 and just stay afloat or be a leader out there, control the environment. And that's something that you really are going to be able to get a good gauge of. And now on the flip side with Herbert, that's really what I want to see. I want to see him be an outspoken leader just because the knock on him right now is that his personality is really quiet and reserved. And that's something that really you don't see out of a lot of franchise quarterbacks on the next level there's not a lot of quiet leaders or quiet winners you want to see a guy i'm not saying he has to go out there and be a rah-rah guy but you want to see him be the leader of the pack get these guys going and that's something that you really aren't able to see watching uh, all 22 film or just looking at youtube highlights or however you choose to you know scout or evaluate these prospects so just seeing herbert be a leader in this controlled environment and then of course he's going to look the part without questions because when you see him spin it in person he's going to look the part so i think he's going to dominate as far as the drills and everything like that but from a personality and a leadership standpoint, that's what I want to see. Can he get the troops going in practice? If, you know, the receivers are struggling with drops, is he going to get on them about, you know, maybe they need to step their play up? Those are some of the things that I want to see from Herbert next week. Uh, Right now I need Jordan Reed's top five to watch list from Senior Bowl players. That's a good one. You put me on the spot. So <laughs> my first guy, obviously, my first guy, obviously, is Jordan Love. He, he's probably the top guy that I'm going to have the most eyes on. I'm a, I'm a big fan of him just watching his All-22 film. Um, I just love what he brings to the table from an improvisation standpoint. I love the arm strength that he shows. He has what I like to call, he already has all the ingredients set on the table, but he just needs that proper cook to mix it up, be patient, and then you can really enjoy something. Maybe not in his first year, but his second or third year after, he, after he's an under 
understudy with somebody with an entrenched veteran. So maybe we could see Miami picking with the first round selection. Maybe not, of course, with that fifth pick, but maybe with their second or the third first round selection. I think with with Ryan Fitzpatrick already in place, I think that really could be a good spot. Um, my next person, number two on the list, would be Javon Kinlaw, the defensive tackle from South Carolina. Love his upside. He's really explosive, and I'm not sure if you guys remember this name. It's really a throwback name. It reminds me of Marcus Stroud, the former defensive tackle from the Jacksonville sure, Jaguars, sure. and also of the Buffalo Bills. He puts you in the mind frame with him, 6'6", 310 pounds. Uh, I love what he brings to the table from an explosiveness standpoint, but he just didn't put up those gaudy numbers that you would like to see, and I just want to see if his explosiveness really backs up the tape in person. Uh, my next person that I want to see, his name is Chase Claypool, the wide receiver from Notre Dame. Really interested in seeing him just because I think he's probably going to have to end up bulking up a little bit more and moving to that flex tight end role. I think that would better serve him for his future as opposed to just playing wide receiver. Uh, one of the best Canadian football players in high school history and also basketball, one of the best Canadian athletes, I should say. Uh, he actually averaged 45 points a game in wow. high school in basketball. So that just, that just goes to show you the type of athlete that he is and what he brings to the table. And then the rest of the list, I'm going to give a shout out to some small school guys just because I think he can find some diamond in the rough type players. But the biggest thing with these small school guys is you want to see how they're able to adjust to the speed of the game just because they haven't seen SEC speed, ACC speed, Pac-12, and things of that nature just because they've been playing Division Two and Division Three football. So it's going to be a bit of a shock to them early on in the week. But I want to see if their body and their mental side are able to adjust. So the first guy that I'll talk about, his name is Kyle Duggar, and he's a safety from Illinois Ryan. He's about 6'2", about 215 pounds, really a jack-of-all-trade guy. And we know with these small school athletes, they play all over the field. So he played running back, he played safety, he played linebacker. He also was their kick returner as well. He actually was an All-American as a kick returner. And I think he at the combine, he's probably going to end up testing in the 4-4 range. I think uh, he's going to run that fast, and he's one guy I definitely think is going to test uh, really well and perform really well at the senior bowl, I should say. The next guy is Ben Barch, the offensive lineman from St. John's, a defensive three guy. He puts you in the mind of Ali Marpet from this event a few years ago, and I think he could have a really good rise if he has a good showing. But he's going to get some really good players, and we talk about Javon Kinlaw already as far as interior defensive lineman. Leaky Foltu is another guy that he's going to be matched up against as well. So how is he going to adjust to their strength? Is he going to be able to match it and also the speed of the game? And then the last small school guy that I'll give a shout-out to is uh, Alex Taylor from South Carolina State, a small conference known as the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. Now, South Carolina State has produced in years past uh, the names Darius Leonard, Javon Hargrave. I'm sure you guys have heard both of those names before. So this school really has a pipeline to the NFL. Alex Taylor is 6'9", hovering right around 300 pounds. And he's a former basketball player at Appalachian State. And then he ended up transferring, going the football route uh, to South Carolina State. So he's still built like an NBA power forward, unfortunately. So he has to gain some weight. But he's another guy that maybe his second or third year, maybe you could have a starting tackle down the road. So he's another guy I'm really looking forward to seeing. Follow him on Twitter at NFL. It's Jordan Reed, Senior NFL Draft Analyst for the Draft Network. Jordan, as always, thank you for your time, buddy. Thank you guys for having me. After hearing that analysis, I am excited for the draft. I'm even kind of excited for the Senior Bowl. Whoo, goodness. Of course, Joe Burrow's going to the Cincinnati Bengals. Number one, sure shot. No arguments there. It's going to happen. Speaking of being number one, Dan Lebetard. He seems to be number one in everyone's heart when it comes to South Florida. Next, we'll hear this from him. You mean to tell me if the old one Hurricanes lined up against Joe Burrow, they wouldn't eat him for breakfast? Were the running backs on that team Portis, McGahee, and Gore? Yeah! Mmm, good arguments. You'll hear it all at about 6.23, so keep it right here on the Best of the Joe Show. 
Welcome back to the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. It's Dan Day, wishing a very happy birthday to Miss Shaw Day. Doesn't matter how old Shaw Day is, her music is timeless. You put some Shaw Day on, and woohoo! Start counting down those nine months right there. Speaking of woohoo, Hawk and Crowder at around 6:37, we're gonna hear their take on Demi Lovato. Woohoo! My hot mess singing at the Super Bowl national anthem. And the Heat got that home cooking, or is it cold tour? But right now, the Dan Levitard Show. You hear them weekdays from 10 to 1 right here on 560 The Joe. They're discussing. Odell Beckham Jr.'s serious slash not-so-serious situation. And speaking of being serious, this year's LSU team versus 2001 Hurricanes. Who's better? I should clear up something that I said in the last segment. I said presumably checking for alcohol. After watching the video again and reading up more on it, the police uh, presence was felt in that locker room because of the cigar smoking. We've all seen the video of Joe Burrow with the cigar in his mouth. Uh, They were putting out ashes onto the carpet, and that's what the officer was looking for, burns in the carpet. All right, so now we're going to have to examine this a little more because it's becoming a thing, and it's becoming a perspective-less thing, and it's becoming a context-less thing. But the reason I bring it up is because now we're going to have another one of these arguments, as we've been having over several years, police and overuse of authority and embarrassing the police and a black man's involved, and now Odell Beckham is going to get dragged across the news stream because they've issued an arrest uh, a warrant. No, because Odell Beckham Jr.'s. Hold on. Hold on. I'm just, I'm just. I'm saying on the front end, I'm not going <laughs> to apologize for Odell Beckham. I already said it's disrespectful. He was wrong. Also wrong. Also, you should mention Julian Edelman, just to balance it out. Also wrong is police vindictively trying to embarrass him back. It's protect and serve. We do not give you those guns for how you use them sometimes. It's protect and serve. You don't overuse the authority because you can. Embarrassing you while wrong and disrespectful and Odell Beckham shouldn't have done it. The choice there when you are protect and serve is not embarrass him back. And here's a report. And lest you think they're not trying to embarrass him back. New Orleans Advocate report. A law enforcement source said authorities originally sought a warrant for a misdemeanor sexual battery charge because he slapped him on the butt. Uh, it was declined, yeah, but yeah, that, that provides some more context in terms of... Uh, the judge wouldn't do it. Simple battery was approved, but they're trying to drag him for what he did, and I just don't want... I think it's embarrassing enough the way that Odell Beckham behaved on his own, disrespectfully slapping a police officer and throwing uh, what appeared to be a wad of uh, a wad of a bill at the back of his head. Again, I will say it should not have done that. Don't disrespect the police that way. But when that's the result, Mike, it bothers me when the reaction is for law enforcement, protect and serve, protect us. The reaction is, no, you want to embarrass us? All right, arrest warrant. Let's see if we can get the video of him coming out of the house with cuffs on. Oh, oh, let's try sexual battery. No, the judge says no to that one because we can't embarrass him that much just to have Odell Beckham in a headline with sexual battery. It's, again, it's the thing we arrive at too often with law enforcement 
it is overpunishing. Oh, on principle and just generally, I agree with you, especially on this one. But I can't muster up the energy for this one. This is Odell did this. I well, agree, but I know you. I know you got that out of the Mike, way, and I, Mike. But this is the thing. I know Odell caused this, yeah, but he's now a bad martyr for this instance. But Mike, it's not the same as dying at the hands of police when you haven't done anything and you're unarmed. Yes, this is not the martyrdom cause. This is not, uh, I'm not saying that. I'm saying all parties are involved here and I have a higher standard for my law enforcement than I do for my athlete. You don't want to go back to laughing at this? This is pretty absurd. And look, it's a parking ticket. I mean, really, I know it's it's a dog and pony show. I know, but Mike, it's going to be in the, when the video comes out, of him going in and out because there's been an arrest in handcuffs. When that happens, you think we're just going to shrug our shoulders and be like, parking ticket? Or is it just going to be a whole lot of people on television watching Odell Beckham I mean, taken off in handcuffs and what the police wanted to be a sexual battery I, I, charge? I, I, well, thank, it's not. So I think maybe people will have the right perspective. But here's a theory. No one's talking anymore about the players getting cash. Huh? How about that? State school? That? We're forgetting already. On to the next story. It's all on Odell. Look at this. He's getting arrested. Great deflection. It's an all-timer. There you go. We said there wouldn't be any consequences for Odell, and there were, but for other actions. So well, no one's talking con- about the players anymore. The consequences are just starting, though, aren't they? Like, isn't that isn't that the payoff? He's the pay- gonna he's gonna probably he'd probably be smart to turn himself into the uh, the station. That way, you only get footage of him like walking out of a station because you can't can't have the image of Odell Beckham Jr. in cuffs over this. I'm sure there might be some people that would love to see that, but yeah, and then he'll. Get out of it. Like, he's not going to serve the maximum six months in jail. The part about this conversation, Mike, is that that I want to have with you and the audience, because we don't have to choose sides on who was most wrong or just take a benign thing that has now become a news thing that will soon become more of a news thing. We don't have to take that and run with it in a way that excuses one party for the behavior of another. Odell Beckham should not have started anything that he did there. It all, it it's to me, it makes him look like a fool to behave that way and more of a fool than the police officer to my way of thinking. We absolutely have to pick our side. You can't say they're both wrong, especially when one of those is a fine state official that is protecting and serving. And also, the main talking point lost in all of this is, is LSU the greatest college football team of all time? Because I was watching Garrett up, and Granny said, they are easily the best team of all time, and it's not even close. Not even close. <laughs> Greeny, 1995, called. They would like to have a word, Mr. Senator Tom Osborne, specifically. <laughs> what about 2001 Hurricane? If in situations someone's wrong and someone's right, and both are wrong, then wouldn't both also be right? I mean, I get that they played 15 games, but you can't just reward them because you added a plus one to the system. You mean to tell me if the old one Hurricanes lined up against Joe Burrow, they wouldn't eat them for breakfast? Were the running backs on that team Portis, McGahee, and Gore? Yeah! 
I mean, it was just an embarrassment. A wealth of... Uh, an embarrassment of wealth. They were stacked. McGahee had to play fullback when that season started. Are you kidding me? By far? It's, why is everything hyperbole? You uh, you brought out the heavy-handed guns to get me off of that topic. Like, that was... I mean... And I was trying. I know tone you were. was bad. I know you were. I was just like, can we laugh? And Dan's always like, yeah, okay, we can get back to... Not this time, man. I dug in on that. I dug, I dug in on that one because I'm bothered by the video that keeps coming across the screen. I loved everything about that last segment. Big OBJ fan. Of course, I graduated from LSU. I live here in Miami. I live, breathe the Canes. Argument. Today's LSU versus 2001 Canes. I'm going to plead the fifth and not answer. Somebody that always answers, though, Hawk. He always answers Crowder, and Crowder always answers Hawk. Next, they're going to be talking about Oh, Demi Lovato, my hot mess. Not to mention culture. So keep it tuned to the best of the Joe Show. Let me see you go back. The best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Here's some of the best audio you're going to hear over the next 24 hours. Aaliyah, back and forth. On this day in 1979, Aaliyah was born. Unfortunately, she did pass away in 2001. Still love Aaliyah. I am Dan Day. Show me some love on Twitter, at Dan Day Radio. In just a little bit, you're going to get plenty of love from the Florida Panthers as they take on the L.A. Kings. Doug Plagan's on the call. you got my man Manny Chang out there helping out. My guy back here in the studio, Danny G. Dream team right there. And hopefully the Florida Panthers can go on a dream run. Beginning tonight. I know they won their last game, but still, beginning tonight, really just throwing down the hammer of Thor. So, pregame coming to your way at 7 o'clock. we still got some Hawk and Crowder to get to. No one has more fun and gives you enough sports in the afternoons from 3 to 6, right here on 560 The Joe. Then, Mark Hawkman, Channing Crowder, what were they talking about today? Oh, gummy fun. Plus, betting on Demi Lovato and the National Anthem. Woo-hoo-hoo. Hot mess. Woo-hoo. Well, speaking of hot... The heat. Is it home cooking or culture? Then Alejandro Solana helps out with some headlines. Note to self, don't put a handful of gummy bears in your mouth right before the show starts. <laughs> Both of us. I'll get, this, uh, I'll get this down. I've only been doing it 30 years or so. Albanese, though. These Albanese. Albanese. <laughs> We'll have your code word. Give that to you in about five minutes or so. The over-under is out already for Demi Lovato and the national anthem for the Super Bowl. I think we've been pretty good yeah. on over-unders on national anthem. Well, it's a year ago now. We had insight last year. We had some insight. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll get some again. But right now, Demi Lovato, length of the national anthem at the Super Bowl is 1 minute 56 seconds. 1 minute 56 seconds. We got to know if she's sober, though. Who was it uh, last year? It was... Whitney Houston. No. Oh. Um, Who was it last year? It was... Um, we won Christine money. Aguilera? No, it was a black woman... It was like a like a Dion Warwick or a, a Dion Warwick. Yeah, I'm. Ta- it was like it was like a throwback. Cause remember, she had all those comments about kneeling for the national anthem and you should take pride and like everyone, what? everyone jump. You know, everyone that wanted to jump onto what she said, she was their hero. See who uh, sang the national anthem last year at the Super Bowl. 
Because I think we had, I can't remember with the over Gladys Knight. Gladys, was it Gladys Knight? Yes, so. it was Gladys yeah. Knight. She didn't bring the pips. It was a huge snub for the hmm. pips. Gladys Knight and Dionne Warwick, huh? Yeah, same, right? Older black like female singers. Gladys Knight never, what is he, so what does Dion sell? What is that, psychic readings or something now? You don't know Dionne Warwick as a singer, though? No, 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 I knew her yeah, as a yeah, singer, yeah, but yeah. I know her more as psychic readings. Really? Yes, yes. I mean, she had a cup of coffee as the uh, Psychic Friends Network spokesperson, but Dionne Warwick, that's what friends are for? I've seen the Psychic Network commercials ten times more than I've heard that's what friends are for. That's what friends are for. Who told you you can sing? This is day two of you singing. You know Dionne Warwick, Solana? I do not. Gladys Knight and the Pips? I know Gladys Knight. I don't know the Pips. Don't know the Pips? Don't know the Pips. No Scotty Pippen? I know Scotty Pippen. So you know Pip. I know a Pip. <laughs> right, you know a Pip. Pippi you know Longstocking. Pippi Longstocking. Okay, so two Pips. And what about Wally Pip? I don't know Wally Pip. Doesn't know Wally Pip? Dion Warwick right now looks like my Uncle Bob. <laughs> She's like Uncle Bob. Why you remember my Uncle Bob? But that's one picture. The other picture's there. She looks beautiful. So why yeah. are you picking that one picture? Those were 70 years ago. No, that's not true. Uncle Bob, I miss you, bro. How old is Dion Warwick now? Oh, she's up there. She w, got you. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's my reference. That's the barometer. I do that when I look at celebrity birthdays. I go, how many am I older than? How many am I younger than? Didn't we do that yesterday, Solana? It was somebody, and we were like, man, he's older than Hawk. Who would have no, thought that? No, it was LL Cool J the yeah, other day. We, yeah, 52. Like, but well, anytime I'm younger than, than the celebrity birthday, I feel great. Dionne Warwick is 79. Oh, okay. She can look like Uncle Bob. She looks terrific. Randy was the main one in that group of four brothers. Randy was the looker. Oh, uh, Uncle Bob is Randy's brother? Yeah. Bob, Cecil, Charlie, and Randy. Are they all alive? No, hell no. No. (laughs) Think that. I I don't know. Man, diabetes and crack got most of them. Huh? I just be honest. Hey, you don't know about that life. You ain't about that life. (laughs) You ain't about that diabetes life. So diabetes got someone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Four brothers, eight feet, I think four feet left, three feet left. Yeah, we lost a lot of feet in that in that old rail. You're next. <laughs> yeah, you're eating these gummy bears. Bro, get these gummy bears away from me now that we're talking about this. Got a diet Dr. Pepper, though. Oh, my God. What if they only left you with your ass foot? <laughs> Out of all the things that could happen. My ass foot has less problems than the good foot because the good foot had two Liz Franks on it. The ass foot only <laughs> has two screws. the healthier screws. foot? The good foot has four screws. The ass foot has two screws. That's crazy. Yeah, um, the Heat, they put everything back together yesterday. You know, you had those two rough losses against Brooklyn and the Knicks, and they keep up their phenomenal home record. Kendrick uh, Nunn was just unbelievable. Crazy. Is it the culture? It's the culture. All right. If you say so. You know, with the young guys, I agree with it. Kendrick, he is, no, bro, he was in the league last year. He's not a rookie. But he, he well, he is a rookie. But he, he was, he was he with was, the Golden he State was Warriors. He was with a team but yes. didn't play. But has he been here long enough to accept the culture? Like, Has Hero accepted the culture? But, here, my, but my point is this. Kendrick Nunn was balling out game one. He immediately got an infusion of culture. Like, like the whole thing with Deion Waiters and Hassan Whiteside was – they had had rough goes of it elsewhere. Yeah. Got here. Didn't start balling out game one, but over the course of time, we thought they accepted the culture. And, like, Kendrick oh. Nunn was balling out from game one, so what happened? He 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 got a quick hit of culture? Yeah, yeah. Culture is gonorrhea. Touch it once, you got it. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah. What do you think? Culture builds? Yes. 
No. Yes, I think you have to be part of something for a while, and then you make a decision. I accept this culture because it's right. I don't think Kendrick Nunn is heat culture yet. He's certainly trending that way. There are certain guys who need to be amongst the culture to truly benefit and then develop into the culture. But there are other guys, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, Justice Winslow, and now our boy Kendrick Nunn, who are just about the culture. They don't need to be around the culture. I'm not understanding the the two scenarios that you're laying out. You you laid out a scenario. I, I thought I was understanding what you're saying, but I'm not understanding what the two scenarios are. You either buy into the culture or you've got the culture and you've bought into it. I thought they, they sounded similar to me. I think, you've can got I the help cul- you? Yeah, Jimmy, go Jimmy was born with the culture. Born with the culture. And now he just fell into his family already there right. with the culture. So Bam was born with the culture? It's like a magnet. Yeah. The culture attracts yeah. the people with the culture. And I don't know why I'm jumping on his bandwagon, but um, Whiteside, he'll never get it. The never. culture will never get to him. Never. Jimmy was born with the culture. But his story I, is I, that of heat culture. That's why, that's why I said I don't know why I'm jumping on this. But I kind of see what he's saying. There's culture already in your heart. There's gained culture. And then you can never get the culture. And Whiteside's in that category. So certain people... What you're saying, it's almost like a disease. Certain people go back to gonorrhea or whatever. Yes. Certain people are carriers. You know what? Sickle cell. Sickle cell. Certain people are carriers. Yes. Other people, it doesn't matter what you do. They cannot get sickle cell. No. It's not like you're not going to get sickle cell. You don't have the gene. Bingo. So you knew Hassan didn't carry the culture gene? Well, we didn't know at first. You thought we, he did have it. We thought there would be a situation where Hassan could develop that culture gene. Yeah. He because would, Alonzo he would, Morning was going to give him yeah. some extra gene. And Haslam he would, he also. Would, right. And he would cough every now and again and act like he had it, but he didn't have it. Yeah, I don't think this makes any sense because what you're saying is essentially anyone that doesn't work out, oh, they just didn't have it. <laughs> Which I think is playing the result. No, it's deeper than that. You just is wouldn't it? understand. It's a culture. <laughs> Culture thing. I would say Mike Miller had it, and then he came here, and it became stronger. And he left, and he still had it. No, he didn't, because when he mocked Bro, Heat fans, I'm on your side. when he mocked Heat fans uh, with the LeBron jersey on the Instagram picture, because he knew LeBron was going back to Cleveland, all the culture just left his body. Well, does all Dwayne Wade have Heat culture? Dwayne Wade has Heat culture, but he sided with LeBron over Pat Riley. Right, but he's Dwayne Wade. He wasn't born with it. He learned it. Yeah. But then what? He gave up? Oh, then he lost it. It happens. So when he wasn't here, he conveniently didn't have it. Yeah, Z-Pack. And then when he came back, mm-hmm. he had it again. Yeah. I think this is playing the result. I, I, I'm not <laughs> certain. If Kendrick Nunn calls in this afternoon, he might before their flight to OKC. You'll hear this. And we'll know he's on the line. Okay? I wanted to do the beef stroganoff joke. What did you have? Oh, beef carpaccio. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Stroganoff? Damn it. They still make beef stroganoff? I don't know. What is beef stroganoff? Delicious. It's like noodles with Alfredo sauce. It's like beef Alfredo, really, isn't it? It it? has like mushroom sauce on it, but the type of beef you use is different. It's like chunks of beef. But you had beef carpaccio today. It's ground beef. (laughs) Chunks of beef is ground beef, right? Beef stroganoff is is not made with ground beef. Like hamburger helper? I I think beef stroganoff comes in like a Chef Boyardee can. Yeah, yeah, man, it's, it's hamburger helper. I think you're making it out to be something... A little classier than than it might be. <laughs> and those are not the code word, though. It's not the code word. <laughs> Why are you making faces? I, can't, I, don't, I don't know my passwords to anything. Birdman went from cocaine to culture. Right, but my, my, my point is, Chris Anderson's a good example. Did Chris Anderson buy into heat culture, 
Or did the Heat embrace Birdman in a way that no team had ever done before? No, that's out the womb, right? He needed the culture. Yeah, Birdman's out the womb, though. You guys are saying different things and agreeing with each other. It It doesn't make any sense what's happening here. But it accentuates it. Let him know, Crowder. It accentuates it. Right. It's like um, Derrick Henry's a good running back. But in Tennessee's system, he's a great running back. But he was great at Alabama. But if he was if he was with Adam Gase, he wouldn't be because Adam Gase wouldn't understand the culture that Derrick Henry has in him. So it's you can not, accentuate the culture. It's not his size and his speed. Yeah. It's his culture. Just where I'm just saying his style of play can be accentuated by a system. What you come out the womb with is accentuated at the AAA. That was deep there, Solana. Was it? I, what am I missing deep, here? Deep. Uh, let's get uh, headlines here with our own Alejandro Solana. Kane's hoops lost 80 to 63 to NC State yesterday. You gotta fix that culture. <laughs> Don't comment, because I love Jim Larinaga. No, Larinaga's got the culture. The team is not buying into the culture right now. I don't think you get it. I know I don't get it. I, I'm having a tough time. <laughs> I'll write up something for you. Thank you. They host FSU on Saturday at the Watsco Center, 1 p.m. All right. Isn't FSU top 10? I think we're going to have uh, DJ Facilovich on tomorrow. Yeah, it's a big game. He's Anytime playing well. Play. Yeah. yeah, he got a, his, his, he got a wet shot. Got now. the culture. Oh, Is no. that culture? No, no. That's out the womb, the shot. That's what you just said culture was. No, no, no. Culture is accentuates out of the womb characteristics. But you just said Jimmy Butler had the culture out of the womb. That was out of Miss Butler. Miss Butler gave him that. But you just said that DJ Vasilovich did not have it out of the womb. His shot. Huh? All right. What other headlines do you have? Uh, Steven, in, back in the newsplex, things are happening wow, back here. Wow, I see. Steven is walking around back there. It looks like news is breaking. Wow. Drew Rosenhaus Drew Rosenhaus has terminated his relationship with Antonio Brown. Yeah, because he can't make him any money. I mean, you know, have you seen what Antonio Brown's been doing? You really <laughs> want to be repping him? And this is another thing. Do y'all really think that agents, like you think Joe Montana and his agent are friends right now? <laughs> right. Like, they work for you to make money. They get a percentage of your contract. Once you can't play anymore, and I don't, I question if Antonio Brown will get back in the league with how he's acting. Uh, no. Why would Drew Rosenhaus hang out with him? He right. can't make Drew any money. And Drew is a money chaser. That's all Drew's worried about. AB doesn't seem like he's much fun to hang out with right now. No. He throws gummy penises at you. I don't want a friend like just that. just doesn't seem fun right now. He, he's not the genie off Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> I never want a friend like him. Uh, what else you got, Solandria? Strong wordplay there, Crowder. Like that, that was good. Yeah, that was good. strong. Have my beef carpaccio for lunch. <laughs> I'm on point today, Woo! baby. <laughs> An arrest warrant in New Orleans has been issued for Odell Beckham Jr. He is being charged with simple battery after he slapped an officer's buttocks in the locker room. Sometimes you got to play slap ass. <laughs> gotta know hey slap ass no that's what got slap ass into trouble yeah you got in right? trouble right come on little slap ass you can't play slap ass with the police you can't play slap ass with yeah. the police i think it's ridiculous <laughs> but i saw the video he did slap that man slap him pretty ass, hard and then danced and then threw money at him hey yeah. why 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 is odell beckham stealing the shine from everything going on with these kids at lsu why did odell beckham propose to a kicking net <laughs> it's the exact same like, reason. Like honestly, like that bothers yeah. me a little bit. I listen. I don't think there should be an arrest warrant. It's a simple arrest warrant. Nothing's gonna come no. out. Why? Why do you have to make that moment 
about you? Why do you have to go to the center of the field and start handing out money? I get the concept. I understand. Yes. But if you want to give these guys money that are no longer bound by the constraints of the NCAA, like you don't have to do it at the center of the field right after they've won a championship. You know there was at least a half a dozen NFL pro bowlers on that field, including Jarvis Landry and Patrick Peterson. Odell's the only one. Like why? Why does he have to do that? The same reason he proposed to a kicking net. If Odell is anywhere around, he, he believes the attention. he's the center of attention. And now he's not going to get in any trouble. No, 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 just, no. I, no, I just found it to be unbecoming. Oh, yes. What he does is unbecoming. I guess. How he pouts and how he runs around. Like in a, Guys in the NFL right now look at Odell like, bro, man, tighten up. Tighten up. You're a grown man. Anything else, Solandria? Yeah, guys. Finally, watching in a movie, watching a movie, excuse me, in a movie theater can be as good for your health as a light form of cardio, according to scientists at University College London. Yeah, I'm going to run a marathon. Uh, just see a double double feature. Yeah, there you go. Pretty much covered it all today. Got things started. Talking about the Dolphins, the NFL draft. Then Dan Lebitard and the guys talked a little bit about LSU versus the 2001 Hurricanes. Hawk and Crowder. Heat culture. Doug Plagans going to have the call for the Florida Panthers game in just a minute. But we got to touch on the Heat a little bit. Went to the game last night. I'm 4-0 at home. The Heat are 18-1 at home. So I need to go to more games or they'll be undefeated, right? They beat the San Antonio Spurs. Here are some highlights from that matchup. Live from American Airlines Arena in Miami, it's the NBA with your Miami Heat playing host to the San Antonio Spurs. Good evening, everyone. Mike Gingles here with my partners, Ruth Riley Hunter. Bam, too close to quarters. Nunn gets the long shot. Got it from downtown. Well, Kendrick Nunn yet to miss. He is 4 for 4, 2 for 2 from downtown, has 10 points, and gives the Heat a 5-point lead. And a really quick release on that catch-and-shoot 3. Great shot out of the offense for the Heat. Goran, high point left side, shot clock at 13, and the 3 is good. Goran Dragic from downtown now. He is 4 of 5 from beyond the arc of the Heat. Back up to that 7-point lead. Well, the Dragon continues to breathe fire right now from behind the arc. Somebody's got to chase him off the line. Yeah, none. On that right side, dribbles into the paint. None. The bam! Says, take that with no call for the right-hand jam. <laughs> Just a punishing dunk at the rim and a beautiful lead pass by none to set him up. I'll tell you, if looks could kill right now, the way Bama's looking at the official on that one side of the floor. <laughs> oh, my. Dragic's going to go all the way into the basket. Great pass down inside. And a left-hand jam by airplane mode. And the Heat lead by one. Well, somebody should check the rim after that one because Derek just assaulted it. That was a monster jam. My goodness. Dragic's going to go all the way into the basket. Great pass down inside. And a left-hand jam by airplane mode. And the Heat lead by one. Well, somebody should check the rim after that one because Derek just assaulted it. That was a monster jam. My goodness. None. Ten on the shot clock. Trying to go left with it. None. At the elbow. The jumper. Got it. Oh, Kendrick. None. He's as cool as the other side of the pillow with his shooting. Bam will just hold on to it. And Bam, right there. Thoughts of a three? No. Bam won't do that. And uh, says, uh, thank you very much. We'll take the W. And, uh, you know, how good does this feel for Bam now, in particular? With the final score, Miami 106, San Antonio 100. From Let's Go Heat to Let's Go Panthers, we are about to go out to Doug Plagans. He is at the BB&T, and he is going to get you ready for the puck drop between the Panthers and the LA Kings. Real quick, if you want to download the podcast for this show or any of the shows, all you have to do, go to WQAM.com, wherever you get your podcasts, or the Radio.com app. 
I am Dan Day. Thanks for listening. I'll be back tomorrow night at 6 o'clock with another rendition of the Best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.